Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit that as the scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. And let God's people say, Amen. Our reading today comes from Matthew, chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him, and a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This might feel like a funny way to end a series that was very much focused on the story of Christmas. But the big thing is that this shows that the story goes on, and this is really the beginning of the next part of the story. There's not a lot between birth and this point in his adult life. The first story we get that Jesus is born to humble beginnings, according to Matthew, they flee to Egypt to avoid the destruction that Herod brings. They come back, decide it's still not quite safe to be in Bethlehem, and end up in Nazareth. And the next place we pick up is many, many, many years in the future, and Jesus comes to John. And this begins Christ's public ministry. We don't really know what happened in that time between. And I'm not sure that we really have to know. I think had there been something that was big enough and important enough, it would have made it in. But I think when they saw, well, what was really important, this was the moment that marked a change. This was the moment when the ball started rolling, and this is the moment that the story picks up again. And so it begins. What's interesting, though, is the way it begins. Because it sets the tone for everything else in Christ's ministry. Because it begins by defying expectations. We would expect Jesus to show up, and if he's going to be the Messiah, the conquering king, who is going to free the people and establish an earthly kingdom and drive out all the oppressing forces, that he would come and John would go, well, you should be baptizing me. And he would say, yes, I should. And he would baptize John and he would take over John's ministry. And he would be the man in charge of everything. And we can see John expected this. John sees him and goes, okay, I, I can't baptize you. That just wouldn't be right. You need to be baptizing me. And Jesus, in this first act in his public ministry, does what he does over and over again. 
And he flips the entire thing on its head and goes, no, you need to baptize me. Because that's the right thing to do. And he sets the tone for everything that follows. Because he humbles himself. He doesn't want to usurp John. He doesn't want to take over John's ministry. He wants to start something new. But to do that, he submits to letting John baptize him. And in doing so, instead of proclaiming his own greatness, he humbles himself and lets God proclaim his greatness. And it sets a pattern. Constantly, Jesus is going to humble himself and let his actions speak on their own. He is going to submit to being obedient so that God will lift him up. And he's going to take everyone's expectations and completely shatter them. People expected him to be a warrior to violently overthrow those who are keeping the people down. And yet he doesn't do it. As the anointed, he would be expected to be on the same level as the scribes and the Pharisees. and would be a great ally to the people in power because he would help them to show the people what true righteousness was. And yet, Instead, he shows the hypocrisy of the scribes and the Pharisees that their righteousness wasn't the type of righteousness that God wanted at all. And he turned everything on its head. When they tried to trap him, he defied them every time. When they tried to pin him down and say, well, if you're going to follow the law, we have to put this woman to death. He says, all right, the first one of you without sin, you can be the first one to go. And nobody knows how to respond because nobody saw it coming. People thought they knew what the law said and he says, well, you know what? You know what the law says, but I'm here to tell you something new. And nobody could quite figure out what was going on because everything seemed to be going against what they thought would happen. We get complacent. We feel that we know the story, and so we tell the story and we kind of tell it well, almost as a lazy little thing. That we go, well, yeah, this is the story. We know Jesus came. It's what he did. He died on the cross. That's the story. Thing is, the story didn't end when Jesus' ministry began. His story didn't end when he was arrested. His story didn't end when he was put to death on the cross. His story didn't end when he was resurrected. Because the thing is, the story goes on and is still being told today. 
Because we have been given the task to continue that ministry. We have been given the task to carry on shattering people's expectations by bringing good news to the people who don't expect to be given good news. That we are called to give hope to the hopeless and love to the loveless because the story goes on in us. And every time that we feel that we have to tell the story in a way that fits other people's expectations, we're giving up something that makes the story so unique. Because it was never meant to fulfill people's expectations, it was meant to shatter them. Because Christ came to bring comfort to the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. But the moment that we get too complacent and saying, well, I guess that's just how it is, is the moment that God finds somebody who's willing to stand up and say, but is it? If we pick up the Bible and say, well, this is the entire story told start to finish and it's done, then what's the point? What point is there for us to be in ministry to the world if there's no more story to tell? thing is that God never said He was done with any of us. And He never said He was done telling the story and never said He was done reaching out to the least and the last. The story goes on in each and every one of our lives that we are called to be in ministry. Each one of you is a minister proclaiming the good news. Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. That God is with us. That that message that we give on Christmas isn't just a message about a baby born on Christmas Day. It's a message about God's purpose in our lives and the purpose that we play in everyone else's. That we are to remind everyone that God is with us. And if God is with us, God is still guiding us. God is still leading us. God is still giving us something new to say. God is still defying expectations by shattering every preconception that we decide to place on God. That every time we decide we know who God is, God turns around and goes, I don't think you've seen the full picture yet. The Pharisees expected a willing partner to help show how righteous they were and to overthrow Roman rule. And what they got was somebody willing to call out their hypocrisy and tell them that they needed to be more like the people they looked down upon if they ever wanted to see God's kingdom. The scribes thought they knew every letter of the law and Christ came to say, you know what, maybe you don't understand what God's law is supposed to be because you seem to know every letter but you don't understand the Spirit. Those in power thought that they would have an ally as somebody else who sought power. And Christ defied that expectation by saying that He wasn't seeking power, He was seeking to set others free. 
that power was not his to take and power was not his to give. And he showed it by serving others. Not by running around and saying, this is exactly what you need to pray and this is exactly what you need to do and this is exactly how you have to do everything. But by showing compassion to the people that nobody was willing to show compassion to. By loving the people that had been thrown aside in society. By lifting up those that had been trodden down so hard they didn't think they could get back up. By looking at the people who were shoved so far to the margins that they were completely forgotten by the rest of society. He loved the unlovable. He touched the untouchable. And he cared. And he served. Shattering every expectation. Breaking down every wall that people tried to put up for him. Defying everything that was supposed to define who he was. Because only God was going to define him. And all of that is echoed out of this very first action. When he looks at John and says, no, I know what you expect, but I want you to baptize me because I want you to know that your role is important. I am not here to take away what purpose you have. I am here to give you purpose. I am not here to take away what mission you have. I am here to fulfill that mission. I am not here to disrupt the good news that you are bringing, I am here to amplify it. And from this, John understands what's going on. This is the message that we are called to carry forward. That as the story goes on, we are the ones who tell it. And it's up to us to decide what kind of story we are going to tell. Are we going to tell a story that tries to keep everybody happy by making sure it fits right into what they expect us to say? Are we going to tell a story that is complacent and is easy to box in and that we can package nice and neat so that we can hand it out in little doses? Or do we continue the story of a radical love that defied all expectations, broke all boundaries, and shattered everybody's illusion of what was supposed to happen? Because the ministry of Jesus Christ was always about doing what was unexpected and helping those that didn't expect to find any help. And about reminding us that the moment we get comfortable is the moment that we start forgetting about the oppressed and the downtrodden.
let us be uncomfortable and let us be on fire. Because just as it begins in this story of Christ's ministry beginning, let it renew us and let it begin once again in us. That we find that zeal and we be on fire, breaking everyone's expectations. Shattering everyone's illusions. Speaking truth and giving good news to those that have been forgotten and those that have been left behind. That Christ's story is our story. So it begins this day. And the story goes on until there is no more breath to tell it with. But until that day, let good news be on your lips and love be in your hearts as we proclaim all that Christ taught us when we love one another in grace and mercy and give hope to a world in desperate need of hope. Amen.